What's going on, Business of Living family? Welcome to episode 55. And before we introduce this week's guest, I want to tell you about a contest that I want to put on. So we're making a logo for the Business of Living. And I want to hear from you. You don't have to be a designer. You don't have to be a graphic artist. You can draw something on a piece of paper and email it to me, and I'll have a graphic artist clean it up a little bit. But here's the deal. The one that I like the most, I'm going to use it for our logo, and I'm going to put it on everything. In my mind, I think I'm imagining a pair of sunglasses with the business of living words underneath it, maybe a sun, just something that captures this idea of being fully alive and living life to the fullest, but you might have a completely different idea and I might love it, but I don't care how bad it is. If I like it, I'm going to use it and that's going to become our logo moving forward. So here's the only thing I want to get this done relatively soon. So if you're able to come up with a design within the next let's say two months, I will choose the winner out of all those submissions and that will become the Business of Living logo officially. And I am going to be more than happy to give you a shout out, give you credit for your awesome idea. I thought that would be a fun way to get a logo. Are you in? Come on, jump in if you have an idea. Just make sure you email your idea to me at Michael at the business of by October 1st. And the winner is also going to receive a t-shirt that I'll mail out to you with the logo that you created on it. How cool is that? All right, let the games begin. Let's get back to the show for today. I have an incredible guest. His name is Gregory Gray. And I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation today. I am pumped to have my friend Gregory Gray with us. Greg is an executive coach, and his purpose is helping others reach their full potential by finding their purpose in life and true joy in God's promises. That fits right in with the business of living community. Greg, thanks for being with us today. It's my pleasure, my friend. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you because... In a lot of ways, you're living the life that I aspire to as a coach, and you're down the road ahead of me. And so I have a lot to learn. My ears are going to be wide open again. I'm going to be taking some notes. So if my head's down, that's what's going on. But Greg, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, the season of life that you're in right now. What are you yeah. up to right now in life? So I, I just turned 55 years old last week, and we are empty nesters as of last week, and we moved to Florida as of last week. So, you know, I guess that's really the rhythm of my life it, it has been changed. And, you know, either you're creating change or you're being changed in some way. And so you have to absorb the change or you have to go out and make the change happen. And so I've got a wife and two daughters. Uh, Kim and I have been married 25 years. And so, you know, you're putting all the numbers together and you go, yeah, I've been around a little while. Um, <laughs> I was in, I was in the corporate world for, you know, over 20 years, about 25 years. And then I left 12 years ago to uh, do what I'm doing now to, to start my own 
adventure, if you will, in the career path and have never looked back and, and uh, could not go back. I'm, I'm certifiably unemployable at this point. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I've, I've, I've tasted the good, good side of life and, uh, used to do a lot of traveling and, and spend a lot of time away from my family. And that was the impetus to started this whole change. Uh, back in 2000, seven i really i really put my head down i uh and said i'm I'm gonna make a change and by by 2010 i had my own consulting and executive coaching practice and 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 just kept moving forward and during that time we've we've been a lot of change we've we've been blessed and 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 honored to do some things in the stewardship side of life where had a family farm that that i was able to purchase from my family and had that for the last seven years and when since then we've even decided to sell that and now move to florida and from the outside looking in, a lot of people think what well, some of the things I do is kind of crazy or, you know, doesn't make sense to the normal person. But when you sit down and listen to the story, it all makes perfect sense. And so mm-hmm. we got to raise our daughters on that farm through through their junior high and high school years. And, and I got to work from home every day and they'd come home and we had cattle and sheep and the whole deal. And then when we became empty nesters, we said, you know, where are we going to be in 10 years from now? And we looked up and went, well, it's not going to be with cattle and sheep because that's not our income source. I mean, even though we made income, it, it, that was a fun part of life. I just want to go deeper into my executive coaching. I have a couple of more books to write. And uh, I wanted to go shift my energy into a different place. And Kim wanted to go physically to a different place. She's dreamed of living at the beach. And I said, well, the first 25 years were for me. I guess this next 25 will be for you. We'll we'll go chase your dreams. And so that's where we're at. So we find ourselves in uh, Northeast Florida and are very happy right now with where we're at. So. Wow. There's a lot to unpack there, Greg. You, <laughs> yeah. you know, you kind of breeze by that. Well, I was working in the corporate world. I was traveling too much. So I started an executive coaching practice and moved right into that. And then to the next thing, well, I, I got to stop you right there because a lot of people are there, right? They're stuck in a corporate yeah. job and they feel trapped. They have the golden handcuffs on. They want to start their own business. They want to have more freedom and flexibility. But the thought of that just, I think it freezes a lot of people. It's scary. Like, what am I going to do about my income? What if it doesn't work? Can you unpack that transition a little bit just to give people an example of what that could look like for them? Oh yeah, for sure. Cause I get this question consistently, right? Cause this is probably one of the, the biggest questions you get on that proverbial airplane conversation is, Oh, how did you, how did you move out of corporate space? Matter of fact, I had a conversation with a corporate uh, lady last night. She called me and said, Hey, how did you make the transition? You know, mm-hmm. how did you get your pipeline of sales built up? And right. now I will tell you my quick version of it. I was, I, I'm a very fast actor. So uh, I'm a very driven guy, so you may not want to do it at the same speed I did it, but I, I can remember I was uh, on a plane uh, with with another gentleman, and we were flying from out of Saskatchewan, Canada, through Dallas, back home to Nashville, Tennessee, where we lived, and there was, a, there was an older gentleman walking through the Dallas airport, and he was dragging a leather suitcase. I say older, he's getting younger every day now that I'm aging, but he, <laughs> he was probably 65, you know, and he was dragging this leather case. And the guy sitting next to me, I said, and he was actually a client of mine. I said, you see that gentleman right there? He goes, yeah. I said, I'm not going to be him. He goes, what do you mean? Hmm. I said, I'm not going to be dragging a suitcase to the airport at 65 or 70 years old with it all worn out and he looks worn out and his suitcase looks worn. Out. I said, that's just, I'm, I, I got to make a change. Wow. You know, it wasn't an epiphany per se, cause that I was already on that track, but it was like, okay, I'm going to put energy into this much quicker. And so within a few months I had, I resigned from the corporate office and, 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 and stepped out on my own. 
I had a client or two, but I didn't have the full income that I should have had, but I had money in the bank where I could go out and I said, I, I'm going to make it happen. Hmm. I'm going to burn your ship kind of guy. So I, you know, yeah. I stepped out and said, I, I just got to go make a change. Yeah. Um, and, and the interesting thing of that was the day I walked in to resign, they actually promoted me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, just keep it. I'm, I've got to go. <laughs> you wow. Know? Not a lot of people can do that. Right. Because I, oftentimes companies feel that when they're about to lose somebody that's really contributing to them, they're going to like, all right, we better take care of this guy. So he doesn't yeah. take off on us. But that is such a powerful visual too to see that person in the airport and mm -hmm. then have that kind of thought of, I'm not going to be that guy. Mm -hmm. And you just decided in that moment that I'm done. And then you just went and quit your job. That's incredible. But it was, it was an interesting few months because my wife's like, okay, you're going to walk in there and, and just quit, you know, and she's a, she's a, a safety, you know, person. She wants safety and security in life. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, well, then what are we going to do? I'm like, well, then I'm going to be an executive coach. What do you mean? And she's like, no, wait, what about insurance? What about, I said, all that, we'll figure all that out. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so we had to have a lot of deep conversations. I mean, she, you know, she cried a few times because she was nervous and, and yeah. it was just nervous. If you ask her now, she'd say, oh, whatever he decides to do, I have full faith he'll make it work because we've gone through that over and over again, including buying farms and selling farms and moving and all those things. So, I, you know, once I made my mind up, and this is my personality, I'm not saying everybody should do this, but once I made my mind up, I was like, I can't stay here any longer mm. because I'm, I'm now not being my true self because I've already put myself in that other place. And so I had visioned this other thing. And so I just moved and it all worked out right now. I had to work hard to make it work. I made, you know, cold calls and all the stuff that you don't like to do, but that mm -hmm. next year I had to do it. But I, I looked at it as a, an opportunity to do those things because I had to make it happen. I like your story, Greg, because a lot of people think that they, they have to have everything lined up before they make a move. And that isn't for everybody. Everybody transitions at a different pace. Like you said, your personality is very driven. But it's good for people to hear that you didn't have it all figured out before you launched into it. You had just that open mind and that commitment to say, I'm going to figure it out. I don't have it figured out now, and I'm going to do what I need to do to make this happen. And I like that example because a lot of people are stuck in that place of, uh -huh. yeah, I'm still figuring it out before I, I can launch out. Well, the best time to figure <laughs> something out is when you absolutely have to, right? Because you don't have another plan. Well, I, I always say that clarity comes through action, not through thought, because mm. you can get stuck in your thoughts, but when you take action, you see what doesn't work and what does work, and then you can pivot and make change. But if you're sitting there thinking about it, you don't even know. You're just pontificating what might work and might not work. Now, you can learn from other people, and you can watch their actions, and I did a lot of that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I studied several years to really get this all put together. I even spent probably probably close to a hundred thousand dollars over three years before I left in getting training for myself. I, I'm not a certified coach or anything like that, but just getting training in, 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 in areas that I thought I was weak in and literally buying materials and things all over the place to, to create my own materials to coach with. And also there was a, there was an investment of time and energy and even money before I left. So I was not just blindly leaving. It, I don't want anybody to think that, but I did not have any of it figured out. I didn't, I did not know where my next two or three clients are going to come from. Yeah. And that's where you have to walk in faith. And so, mm. you know, when you, when you go out and say, yeah, I want to win the lottery, 
the first thing I'm going to ask you is, have you even bought the ticket? Because if you haven't bought the ticket, you can pray all you want, right? And and you got to do your part. And so I considered that stepping out in faith is my, is my big part. Yeah, yeah, you know? that is huge. Right. If you haven't taken a step yet, where, where's the faith? Yeah. Where do you need it? Right. There's another piece in there that I get this question all the time. What certification do you have or... Mm-hmm. I don't feel validated yet to do something like this. So um, I need to at least have this many years as an executive coach, or I have to have these certifications or these degrees. I heard you say you're not certified as a coach mm-hmm. and I, I get that, but what validated you? What, what made you think I can do this and people will hire me? I'm validated as an executive coach. So here, here's what defines an expert. An expert is someone that knows just a little bit more than the other person, right? Mm-hmm. So if I know a little bit more about something than you, and I can teach you that, then I just helped you. And therefore I added value to you. If I add value to you, therefore I have worth in the market. So I knew that some of the stuff I had been through as a corporate person, I mean, I had done mergers, acquisitions, turnarounds, all the, I mean, I'd been through a lot of stuff mm. and I knew there was this, this bulk of knowledge and experience that I could turn around and teach people because I was doing it already for people that work for me in the in, in mm-hmm. corporate world. So I went, okay, why would I keep doing this for these companies? Why not I go do it on my own and turn around uh. and teach? And so it wasn't that I had to have this certification thing is, can I help them? Hmm. And if they can go, oh yes, can you help me? And and I say yes. We have, we have an agreement. We have a, an understanding that there is something I can add value into your life to help you. And so, like you're saying, I'm a few years ahead of you. Well, by that definition, I should be able to help you if yeah. I've paid attention and I've learned from what I've done and my mistakes and, you know, the walls I've run through and all those things, I should be able to help you immensely. Yeah. So there's value. Yeah. And if there's value and I can help you get there much quicker Then there's obviously some, some payment that could be made to, to make that happen. And it's that simple. One of the things that you talk about a lot is, um, uncovering blind spots and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much, you know, or how good you are or how good you think you are at a certain skill. We all have them, right? So what do we do? How, how do we, come to terms with those things or how do we figure out what's really going on with us? That's holding us back from where we want to go. So what you're asking is exactly why I make a living as an executive coach, because usually when I go into, you know, an organization talking with the CEO of a company or an owner of a company, just like I was when I was trying to move from, from corporate outward, we all have, a blind spot or two that we need to rectify and, and, and solve. And so by definition, a blind spot is something we cannot see. If somebody walks up and says, Hey, I need help with this. Well, then it's not a blind spot. That's something that's in their purview. They, they can be helped with. It's the things we don't know that are causing us problems is the ones that really sabotage where we're trying to go for not yeah. careful. So to your point, before I moved out into the executive coach world, when I'm on, I did a lot of you know, personal development, introspection, had people just, t- I just would ask people bluntly, Hey, what am I doing? That really drives you crazy. You know, people that work for me, next to me, above me. And they would tell me, you know, and they're like, really, I can really tell you. I'm like, yeah, please. <laughs> Cause you're thinking it anyway. Just tell me. Right. So there's a little exercise that I will give you real quickly that, that will help with this. It's called the stop, start and continue. 
And I've used this in executive coaching over and over and over. Matter of fact, I've done it twice this week with, with new executive coaching clients that I have. And it's real simple. Take this piece of paper, right? Stop at the, the top, right? Start in the middle and continue at the bottom and give it to your team and say, Hey, I want you to tell me the honest, transparent truth. What do you want me to stop doing? What do you want me to start doing? And what do you want me to continue doing? Now, when you get this piece of paper back, the continue is not going to have much there, but they really have a lot to tell you to stop doing and start doing. Now, I wish you'd stop doing this. Maybe it's, you know, stop being, you know, pounding your, your, your fist on the desk when you get excited because it sets us back. Or I really want you to start complimenting us a little more because you never say thank you. That's the one I always got, right? Was we'd get something accomplished. And I'm like, next, let's go to the next thing. And they're like, yeah. can we just stop and celebrate? So I learned as a leader, because I use this stop, start, and continue about every six months with with the people that work around me. Mm. You know, usually it's the same kind of stuff that comes back because that's how I'm made, but I'm a lot better at it today and I recognize it and I can deal with it. And so as you move into the next phase that you're going through, you can solve all those things and it really makes you into a better leader, better person, better, you know, overall human being to work with. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like the simplicity of that, right? Because that's the challenge is when you're Mm -hmm. running a dynamic organization, Mm -hmm. it's the complexity and the chaos. And so just to simplify and create some space to get some honest feedback from the people that work with you every day, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. Now it takes a certain type of leader to expose themselves to that too, right? If your ego is too big or you're too sensitive about getting that feedback, that's going to be too painful for you to handle. So how do you know if a leader's ready for something like that? Well, this is this is one of the tricks of why I do it. Because yeah. I, I'll use an example. So about two years ago, I was working with a vice president of operations for a pretty large company. And when I brought this tool to her, she immediately recoiled and sat back. I mean, physically just sat back in her chair like, I don't know if I can do that. Mm. And I said, that's exactly why you're going to do it <laughs> because we're going to push through this uncomfortable zone that you're in. The fact that you don't want to get these answers tells me that you are really hurting yourself as a leader. You're not leaning into this whole situation. Mm. And we we had to spend the next several coaching sessions getting her mind around it's okay. And so here's what I said to her. And I kept saying it over and over until she finally got it was, all your people are already thinking these things. Wouldn't it be better for you also to know so you could do something about it? Mm. And then you get real quiet and then she comes back and goes, oh, yeah, yeah. They're thinking these things? I'm like, yeah, they're, th- <laughs> they're already thinking them. Yeah. They're already talking about it. Right. Now, if you know about it, you can do something about it. So then, then you go through the whole process of how do you unpack that with your team? Because you do have to just, you can't just get them and sit in your, your room and read them and then hope to do better you have to come back and address them with your team and all those kind of you know so we go through this whole process but the very first thing is realizing it's already out there you just don't know what they're thinking so that leader's greatest fear is already happening it's already out there so why not do something helpful about it yeah 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 that's so good i love that i I think i'm going to use these questions even with my wife i'm sure she would fill that out pretty quickly for me and help me yeah (laughs) see what make sure she's got a pen with enough ink in it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? truth <laughs> no that's good i love I, I love the simplicity of that because you can put it into action right away yes. that's great yeah. you know another thing that we love to talk about here on this show is is vision right is what you 
want. And that's a simple way to say it, but a lot of people make space to even think about that or write about that or be intentional about where am I going? What am I really in pursuit of while I'm here? Mm -hmm. Um, You talk a lot about vision. So I'd love for you to just speak about vision a little bit. Yeah. Vision is the essence of, of where we're going, whether it's personally or professionally. And so what got me on this whole journey was literally creating a vision. So back in 2004, I was doing goals and those kind of things. And by the time I got to 2007, I went, you know, I'm going to, and I don't know where I heard this or it could have been anywhere, but something about creating the day, visualizing the day that you want in your life. Mm. And, and so I did that and I visualized myself literally living on a farm, you know, executive coaching people working from home all years before I got to do that. Right. And, and that, that powerful visions, what drove me to go the direction we're going. Mm. And then, and then even, you know, a couple of years ago, we started envisioning empty nesters. We're going to move to Florida, all this. kind. So all these visions is what becomes reality. If you put them in what we call a vision story, it's a, it's a little scriptive, very touchy feely visual of where you want to be. The problem with vision for most leaders or people that are trying to change something in their life is they don't get as specific as they should. And they don't put it in a format where they feel it, touch it, smell it, taste it, those kind of things. It has to be so real that you can, you're right there with it. So most people sit here today and look forward and go, Oh, in three years, I'd like to do this. That's not what we're talking about. That's, that's sort of a goal. Mm. What we're saying is, no, I'm, I'm three years from the day and I wake up that morning. This is what it looks like. This is where mm. I am. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. It's yeah. totally different. And then you just fill in the gap on how to get there versus, mm. oh, I'd like to do this. People say, oh, I'd love to spend more time with my wife. And then I go, what the heck does that mean? Yeah. Right. I mean, what, what are you going to be doing? Well, I don't know. Well, that's what we got to figure out. And when you get very specific and go, what I'd like to do is take her on a trip to Italy next fall doing this, this, and this within a couple of months, a lot of times we have tickets bought because they're like, Oh, I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. Versus, Oh, someday I'd like to. Why is it so hard to get specific about your vision? Well, I think it's for a couple of reasons. One is people are afraid that if they, if they write it down and it doesn't happen that they failed. And so mm-hmm. they're, they're locking themselves into a, fa- a particular failure mode. And I say, well, if you only do 80% of it, isn't it still incredible? And they're like, well, yeah, well, then, then don't worry about failure. Cause that's not failure. That's just an, what I call an adjustment. Things change. Yeah. The other reason is some people go, well, here's where I am today. This is the money or income I have today to do those things. I'm going to have to have more income. Okay. Well, let's work on that. Yeah. But I don't know if I can. And so it's a belief thing in themselves and a confidence factor. Um, and so people were unwilling to reach out because again, it's, it's stretching them. It's very uncomfortable and it, it makes them nervous, but when it's concrete and as specific as we're talking and you have a coach or somebody to help you along the way, it, it will happen. I, I've seen it hundreds of times. It just happens. Mm. It's not magic, but yeah. it's pretty powerful, right? Yeah, that, that's encouraging. I mean, I struggle with this sometimes, right? To get mm-hmm. detailed on my vision. I think part of it for me is I don't know if I'm really going to like the vision that I'm guessing <laughs> at, right? Like, I don't, right. I don't know if it's really what fits me. Um, I can throw something out there and get super specific with it, boil it down, say, I want to make this much money and I want to wake up in the morning and 
live in this city? I don't know, like if I will. So sometimes that feels inauthentic for me uh-huh. Uh-huh. to get super s- specific without really knowing if that's the right thing for me or if I'm really going to enjoy it. That's where I get stuck. I don't know if you have any comments on that. Maybe not. It's the old saying of, you know, shoot for the stars. You might land on the moon or shoot the moon and you might land in the stars. Either one's pretty good, right? Whichever yeah. one you like. Well, I like to say it this way. If, if you give it specificity, that gives you a lot more energy. Then go while you're going on that journey. So you say you set a, a vision story for three years from now. Then go visit those places. Make sure you can always adjust it. A vision story is not in stone. It's dynamic. It's not static. Matter of fact, I tell people to pull it out every month and look at it because you might tweak something. Go, I don't really want to do that anymore. You've learned something about it. You can change it. It's your story. (laughs) I mean, just rewrite it, right? Right. Here's the thing. If you don't do a vision story, where the heck are you going to be? Yeah. I mean, the wind will toss you. I mean, you may be sitting right where you are. I mean, I talk to people all the time. They're like, why would I do anything else? I'm like, I don't know. Why would you? And they're like, I don't know. Why would I? And then we just get in this loop of, I don't know, you know? Yeah. Okay. Are you happy where you're at? Well, yeah, I think so. But are, have you given in? Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to go make some major change. They don't have to move to another state or something. That's not necessary. But what, what can you do with your life that you're not doing? And and yeah. we could go through a whole diatribe about, you know, doing your own eulogy and all those things. I, I write about that in my book and it's, yeah. that rips people's hearts apart, you know, but that's, that's sometimes preempts the vision story because it helps you find out who you really want to be differently than who you are. But, yeah. that That's really helpful. Actually. I mean, in decision-making a decision is better than no decision, right? Even if it's the wrong decision, at least you'll learn from it and you can check that off the list and, shuck it aside and move on to the next thing. I know you're a believer and mm-hmm. you follow God in the way that you run your business and your family and everything you do mm-hmm. in terms of vision and creating that for yourself. And I wrestle with this sometimes, right? There's what I want selfishly and, you know, I want to be comfortable. I want to have enjoyment. I want to like live life to the fullest, all that kind of stuff. And then there's God's vision for my life too, which often involves me. Well, it always involves me becoming a better version of myself, more godly version of myself. Uh And so I struggle to make sense of that sometimes too. How do I join those or trim off the stuff that's like selfish and just about me? And, but I also know that God loves me and he wants the best for me too. So I don't know. Sometimes I get lost in that push pull and that dynamic of how can I join those? How can that vision be totally aligned with what God has for me? And as well as what really makes my heart come alive. Yeah. That's a very powerful question. And I'm going to give you a real simple answer, but I've, I spent years getting to this answer, right? So I could go yeah. through this whole long story of how I got to the answer, but the whole answer is, and, and it's really right in front of us. The answer is simple. When somebody asks, our Christ, you know, what's the greatest commandment? And he said to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And second, like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. So here's the way I measure my vision story. Does it get me in those two directions? If it, if it gets me closer to loving God and gets me closer to loving others, then my vision story cannot be wrong. It's mm-hmm. got to be on his path. And so, you know, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And, and he's powerful within us and God has implanted in us, each of us, I'll call it, you know, 
talents, skills, those kind of things, you have a propensity to want to do certain things because that's who you are. Mm. God is giving you those propensities because that's who he, he needs you to be. So how do you make those better? So one of the reasons that we sold our farm, I don't know if I've ever even shared this with you, but mm. one of the reasons we sold our farm is because it was taking away from me doing those two things. Uh. Could I, could I walk my farm and love God? Yes. But I was spending so much time doing farm stuff when I could have been serving another person over here with one more coaching call or another book or no, whatever. And so I woke up one day and literally walk in the farm and tears came in my eyes and said, I got to let it go. Wow. And you got to remember this farm was my dream. It's been in my family for 80 years. And I said, I got to let it go. Yeah. And, and I got on my knees and prayed about it and we discerned it. And that's, it was a very powerful, it wasn't just one moment. It was months of moments. Cause I've argued about it. Right. Yeah. Cause I was like, really? And, you know, even like this week when they came and picked the tractor up from the farm oh, to go sell gosh. it, my wife, I told her, she, she just went to tears. She goes, but that tractor was so much you. I'm like, it was, mm. but it's not. Wow. So, so you're going to go through some stuff that is really good, but you got to keep moving to the better. Mm. And so God will help you figure that out. And so as to your point, you have to shed some things and, um, you know, a great thing, a good thing, like my family farm can still become an idol if it gets between me and God. And therefore yeah. I said, I got to let it go. Wasn't bad. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It's good in itself, but I could go do better. And so it, it takes some deep introspection at times and you have mm -hmm. to really get quiet and you have to listen and you have to go inward and, and see what are you, why are you truly doing something and then come back at it and go, okay, through a lot of prayer and discernment. Why am I going this direction, God? And then you look and go, I may, I may not even know, but I know God's telling me to go. And, you know, we don't have time for that today, but there's this long story about how we ended up in this house in Florida. And there, it was like, it shouldn't have happened kind of thing. And it did. And I went, okay, God opened doors and we're going to make it happen. So, yeah, you know, a lot of people talk about a lot of coaches and gurus talk about the morning routine. Mm -hmm. And we were talking before we started this recording about when you were on the farm, you got up at 4 a.m. to make sure mm -hmm. that you had that time. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important, right? To carve that time out and commit to it because life will suck you in and distract you if you don't do that. Man, that's a huge takeaway right there, I think, is prioritizing that time so you can even have the time to hear and to yeah. discern and to walk through these big decisions and to be open to where God might be leading you. And that's that's powerful. Oftentimes going in the right direction means discomfort, means mm -hmm. pain. Sometimes when we are being grown into a better version of ourselves, like that is uncomfortable. And it can often feel like the wrong direction just because like, mm -hmm. why is this so hard? Why am I uncomfortable? And it could be the perfect direction for you because it's growing you in the way that you need to be grown. Yes. That's another piece of that discernment too, right? Yes. And there's not really a question in there. I'm kind of just reflecting on that can get in the way of your vision too. If you're not properly discerning a difficult season, that's growing you and preparing you for where God is moving you. Yeah. You have to, you have to really, to your point, you have to get really quiet and see it from all perspectives. If we see it just from our own perspective, we can get lost in our own desires and we have to see it from multiple perspectives. And that takes that. I mean, that honestly, that's maturity that comes with, going through this over and over, you know, and, you know, years help 
and uh, prayer helps and, and having good people around you, which I think is the other piece I want to talk about mm-hmm. briefly is, you know, you and I are a mastermind together and I've been in multiple masterminds in my life and there's been nothing more powerful to me than being around other people seeking the better together yeah. and helping you do the same yourself. Right. And, and calling you out on things. I mean, I have people in my life that they would, they would pick the phone up and call me out. If I, they saw me going the wrong direction, they'd say, Hey, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, and, and all these decisions to move and all this that we've done lately, I, I have talked to a lot of very smart people, very faith-based people in getting their perspectives on these things. And they haven't all agreed, but you take all that and you put it together and it becomes this one package of, Okay, this is what we're gonna. This is what we're gonna do, mm. you know. Yeah. So not one person is gonna be in alignment with everything you do, but but you get their perspectives and blend it together, and all that wisdom comes together. I mean, that's that's why God put us in community because He knows that if we talk about things, th- the collective mind is better and the collective spirit is better than just us by ourselves. You know. Yeah, that's right. So, Amen to that. And you know, you, you talk about being willing to have somebody speak into your life. There's another example of it, right? You have to be open. You have to be willing to hear some things that you don't love that people are observing and not only be willing to hear that, but be in pursuit of that. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, What would you tell a, a younger guy who maybe doesn't have that in his life? Where should he start to, to start Hmm. to put those people in his, in his life? How, How can he build that if he doesn't have that already? Well, let me, let me first give you a, a, a reference to, to why he should do that. And if you go in Proverbs, there's a verse that says, you know, basically give all gold and all silver, everything away, give it, it's all worthless compared to wisdom. So you got to go seek wisdom first. And so, so we're giving this in a biblical truth. It's not just me saying it for, you know, I'm not some, you know, experienced guy that's saying, oh, you got to seek wisdom and I'm a guru. No, this is God telling us we need to seek wisdom. And so I would, First off, tell this young young man or, or lady to go, I'd say I'd read Proverbs every day. There's 31 chapters, read it every day, one chapter a day, and just keep going through it and through it and through it. Because all these little things that pop out, there's just tremendous wisdom in Proverbs. Mm. And then I would tell them, go find a group of people, preferably believers, you know, obviously, but I've actually masterminded with non-believers too, and it and it it all works. But you've got to find a group of people that are all seeking to be better themselves. They're they're seeking personal development. They're seeking to open themselves up and be vulnerable and be willing to change Mm -hmm. when they know that they're going in the wrong direction. Um, I have, I have seen lives change dramatically. Uh, I mean, I've, I've experienced it, but I've also seen it firsthand seeing guys that were doing things they shouldn't do and they get called out, you know, and they've, they've been loved on by their fellow people mm-hmm. until they made the change they needed to make and get their life life back on, on track. And it, it blends into religion. Sometimes when we talk, have these conversations and people go, well, well, what, you know, but I go to church over here. I'm like, yeah, but when does your, and I put church in quotes cause we're all the church, but when does your congregation, when do they go have these kind of sit downs and fellowships and do that? Right. Most don't. And that's, 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 we're missing that in the, in the world today, in the Christian world. So I think we have to go find these, these other groups to go deep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I seek them regularly. I mean, I mean, I'm in two right now and, and, and I actually have coaches myself, even though I'm a coach, I am coached mm-hmm. because you can't, 
fire definition see your own blind spots. So you have to have somebody else help you see those. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so good. Absolutely. Um, Greg, what are you excited about in this new season of life? You have yeah. a whole, a whole lot of changes going on, huge transition, living in another place. Mm-hmm. What are you excited about? Well, the first thing I'm excited about is we, 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 we did shed off a lot of responsibility as far as other stuff. Um, and we, we are setting ourselves up to really focus on, you know, the executive coaching space. And then also I've got a couple of more books I want to write and so I'm going to get those done. Um, I've, I've also, um, you know, taught my wife into retiring from teaching. And so she's retired and she's going to work with me. So we've never worked together. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. I've, I've given her an out and told her if she doesn't like it, she can go do something else or whatever, but, <laughs> you know, but I, I really want her, want her to help me because she has a skill set I don't have, um, as far as, you know, the back office stuff and all that I'm not good at. Yeah. So we get to experience that together, but I think more than anything, we're at, we're at a place in our marriage where we're empty nesters. And so we can go and spend more time back on ourselves again, like we did when we were younger mm. and not be so consumed with the kids. You know, I mean, they're, they're away. We're still talk to them every day, that kind of thing. But, you know, we're, we're planning walks on the beach and we ride our horses and all those things that we, it, it's just fun. It's kind of the full circles come back around and, and we're, you know, we're at the place where we're preparing for the next, you know, 20 years that we're, we're, we're getting older. Mm-hmm. And so we're having to get preparations there. Um, as far as business is concerned, you know, we've got great university that we're going to take it to the next level over the next year, something I've always been wanting to do. And so um, I think that really inspires me because I know I can touch other people in business and help them in ways that I just can't do just through coaching. Cause it's, you know, you can only leverage yourself so much in coaching. So that, that leverage piece is exciting to me and we'll see where it goes. I don't have, you know, everybody thinks I probably got this vision story with everything lined out to the nth degree, but, um, I do have big, big ideas and where I see it three years from now, but I don't have all the specifics as far as every little number. Mm. Um, but you know, we'll see where it goes, but I, but I have, I do have some pretty, uh, pretty big ideas for it. So. Yeah, that's exciting. Just casually mentioning, yeah, I got a couple books I want to write. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Just burn right through those, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, and one other thing I've done that I haven't even haven't even told you yet is I did start a PhD program. Um and so so I'm, I've gone through my first class, made an A. I, I you know, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm not a, I'm not an A student, never have been, but I, I will do okay. And the reason why I'm doing that is not because I want a piece another piece of paper. I don't need that. I don't we talked about credentialing. It's not for that. I'm learning stuff through it. I'm learning how to do research on topics in business. Hmm. So as I write those next books, it can be more research-based versus just, you know, me writing. And so I'm trying to do some more in-depth books and really, really have a couple of those that I I really want to seek after. So I'm really learning how to do proper research so I can do proper books. That's That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I I love your commitment to continued growth. You have coaches working with you. You want to continue to get better at everything you're doing. That's inspiring. I mean, a lot of folks would be saying, Hey, time to kick up and drink a margarita and (laughs) you're doubling down and continue to grow and increase your impact in people's lives. So that's awesome, Greg. Um, I want to just bring up another word before we wrap up today that just grabbed me when I jumped on your website and I saw that horse up on its hind legs and freedom was just up there. Right. And that word just inspires a feeling in me personally. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. because they don't feel it. They don't feel free. What does freedom mean to you? Oh, 
I love that question because I, I mean, I could expound on it for hours or I can tell you real quick and I'll tell you real quick. Freedom to me means you get to wake up this morning and do what you were made to do mm. by God, period. That's simple. So if I wake up this morning, I was meant to, you know, go walk on the beach with my wife this morning because I need to spend time with her. I was made by God to do that. I get to do that. So my lifestyle is where I can do that. If I want to wake up this morning, like I did yesterday and do coaching all day long because I'm leaning into people's lives, then I get to do that. And, and so it's freedom is really living the lifestyle you were meant to to live because you're doing what God made you to do. It's that simple. Freedom. I love that definition of freedom and using your framework, Greg, don't stop doing what you're doing. Continue doing it. And I know you're already going to, I know you're going to start a few more things along the way as your vision evolves, but really appreciate the wisdom you shared today. I know I got a lot of value out of it. I'm taking tons of notes. I know the listeners did as well. So really appreciate you being with us today. Hey, thank you for having me. Episode 55 is in the books. Another good one. I took a lot of notes during that one. I don't know about you guys, but let's not just let this fade from our minds. Put it to action. It's not enough just to have a vision and to think about, ah, I think maybe that's what I want in my life. No, put some pen to paper. And if you're not sure, lean in. I know I'm thinking about that. I'm not super clear on my vision. I need to experience some things. I need to take some trips. I need to talk to some more people, gather some more information, get a little bit more clear on the vision that I have for my life and for my family. So Put this stuff into action or else it's just information and have some fun with it. Let your heart dream. And remember, what's the alternative? It's floating aimlessly, getting tossed by the seas. Who knows where you'll end up? But when we start to get specific, things start to happen. Opportunities start to align. So let's take courage Get as specific as you can and begin to take action to get more and more clarity on that. Well, as always, so appreciate being with you today on this episode of the Business of Living podcast. If you want to contact me directly, shoot me an email, michael at thebusinessofliving.com. That's a new email address that is dedicated 100% to this show. I'm happy to respond to you personally. And if you want to keep up with us on a daily basis, follow me on Instagram at The Business of Living. Have an awesome week. Stay inspired. Keep running after what matters. Live life to the fullest. We'll see you next time.